Hello and welcome back to In The Movement with Sid Paulson, a podcast for critical thinkers who are seeking physical freedom. In today's episode, we are going to discuss limiting the variables for increased handstand consistency. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Sid Paulson, and I'm happy to be here with you today. I would like to start the episode with a quote. A handstand is like an equation. Fewer variables makes it less complex and easier to solve. So learning the handstand is like solving an equation. The more variables you have, the more complex the equation becomes. So by limiting the variables, we can make it easier to solve the equation and learn the skill. The idea of limiting the variables to make skill development easier is something that I have been actively working on without actually knowing it. This is a concept that I have found extremely helpful, especially when you're working with adults. Because many of these skills that we want to learn, like the splits, the handstand, press the handstand, all of them are quite complex. Most people find it hard to learn these skills and our job as coaches is to make it easier for them to learn and to make the the process of learning the skills more simple, not more complex. Now, I don't know about you, but I was never the best at math in school. It was not really my expertise. But one thing that I can remember is that the more variables that were involved in solving an equation, the more difficult and the more complex it was to solve. Learning the handstand is not so different from solving a math equation. It's pretty much the same process, but the way that many people coach the handstand or try to learn the handstand is simply by seeing all of these different variables and trying to solve all of them at the same time. But they don't realize that we can actually limit and remove some of the variables in order to make it easier to solve the equation or to learn the handstand. And when you view it from this lens, skill development becomes much easier. So instead of thinking of how can I solve all of these different problems when it comes to learning this skill, you want to think about, okay, how many of these problems can I completely eliminate before I actually try to learn the skill? And therefore, there are less problems that you need to solve and you'll have less things to think about when coaching or learning the skill. As we all know, the handstand is very difficult to learn, especially in the beginning. This is because it's such a complex skill with a bunch of different variables. And some of these variables are not complex in and of themselves, but they become more complex because we are inverted. Everything is going to become harder when we're upside down. Even something as simple as thinking about forwards and backwards is going to be completely flipped upside down. As a coach, sometimes we can tell our students to, you just need to move your shoulders forward. But the client in a handstand thinking about going forward can be completely different from standing on your feet. So you might have no idea where to move your shoulder if I were to say for you to move it forward. We need to understand that the handstand is complex because we are upside down. 
So even the simple things become more complex and more difficult to think about. This is partly why we need to take the time to really understand the concepts of hand balancing in theory before we start to try to practice it too much because if we don't have a fundamental understanding of the concepts and how they work, we're never going to be able to get it upside down. So in order for us to solve the handstand equation, the first thing we need to do is we need to understand the variables that are involved. The second step is to remove unnecessary variables that are not necessary for learning the handstand. Third step is to try to learn and develop each of these variables or components individually. And the fourth step is to combine the components or variables into the handstand. So in terms of variables, there are too many to mention in this podcast episode. In a handstand, there are hundreds of different active variables when we are balancing and kicking up into the handstand. So the easiest way to identify the different variables is to look at the different stages of the handstand as we are learning it. So the first part we have is the kick up. So the kick up is the entry into handstand unless you're able to press, which is a lot more difficult. So most of us learn the kick up to handstand first. The second stage is to actually catch balance. So catching balance is when we go from using all of the forward and upwards momentum from the kick up and we actually catch balance by pushing down with the fingers and stopping ourselves before we fall. The third stage is the balance itself. So once you have kicked up, you've catched the balance. Now you need to hold yourself up and keep yourself in balance in order to not fall down. Since the kick up is going to transfer us into the handstand position, of course we need to be able to balance and have a strong stable position before we actually try to kick up into balance. So I'm going to start by giving you some tips and pointers for how you can limit the variables in your handstand position, specifically for finding balance and for holding your balance. So the first tip is your body positioning and specifically the shoulders and the arms. So there are two technical pointers that I think are very important as you're learning the handstand. And this is simply because it's going to be the platform that you're standing on. So it's going to be your arms, your shoulders and your scapula. So in a handstand, you always want to have straight arms. If you bend the arms, you're going to lose the support from locking out the elbow and you're going to have to work actively with the muscles of the arms and shoulders in order to stay in balance. It's much easier and it's much more energy efficient to lock out the elbows, keeping the arms straight. So you can actually rest a bit on the elbow joint The second point is that you want to have the scapula elevated. So in order to have a strong and stable platform that the rest of the body can lie on, we need to actively use the scapula, actively use our upper traps. So if you don't elevate the scapula and scapular elevation, like we've talked about before, is the act of pushing the hands into the floor and lifting the shoulders up towards the ears. 
If you don't have this active and stable platform, your handstand is going to become less stable and balance is going to become harder. It's not impossible to balance with the scapula depressed, which is the opposite of elevation. It's going to become less stable and with a less stable position, there are also going to be more variables involved because you're going to be moving more. And with every moving part, that moving part is going to affect something else. So by simply adding one more variable, that is going to create a snowball effect of different variables, making the handstand much, much more difficult to balance and to control. So in the beginning, as you learn the handstand, and for some of you, it might be later in your journey, just develop the habit of always locking out your elbows and keeping the arms straight and learn to keep the scapula elevated. You don't need a full scapular elevation to become more stable. So you can practice finding the necessary amount of elevation to become stable enough to make balance easier. But you don't want to elevate the scapula so much that you're actually wasting energy on the elevation, which is going to remove focus and energy from the balance. And I know that many people are struggling with keeping their arms straight. And for some people, it's because they are unable to fully lock out the elbows. And that is going to be an entirely different podcast episode. But for both of these points, if you really are serious about hand balancing and you want to develop the right technique, all you have to do is really be strict with yourself when you're practicing to always keep these cues in mind. So whenever you practice the handstand, just don't let your arms bend no matter what. Even if you fall out of balance, you just have to live with that for a moment until you learn how to actually balance with the hands instead of the arms. And the same thing goes for your scapula. Always keep the scapula elevated, even if you start to fall out of balance. That is going to allow you to learn how to keep the positioning, and then you can start to learn how to use the hands to stay in balance, which is going to require less movement, making it less more energy efficient, and thus a more efficient handstand. So the second tip, is to play around with body tension. So like we mentioned in the previous point, when you have a more stable object, the object is going to move, move less. And by moving less, there are going to be less variables present as you are practicing the movement. If you have a friend or a partner around you, a simple way of getting a, a feel for how this works is to simply stand up and have your friend push you and try it once while keeping everything as engaged as possible, raising the core, squeezing your legs, keeping the upper body, you know, engaged. And then try to do the same thing, but keep yourself as relaxed as possible. You will notice quickly how much more easily you can be pushed out of balance when you're not actively engaging the muscles. That is simply because when we don't engage the muscle, uh, the muscles, the joint is going to become less stable and it's going to move more. So a simple way of limiting the variables and becoming more consistent with your balance is to use a small amount of body tension to just keep yourself from moving as much. As you get more advanced, you can start to remove the body tension, but you can use it in the early stages to become more stable. So this is going to include, you can point your toes, 
you can press the feet together, you can squeeze your glutes. It's also the scapular elevation that is going to create some tension. You can focus on fully extending the elbow, trying to squeeze the elbow just to make the lockout of the elbow a bit better. You can also think about pulling the ribs in, some sucking your stomach in, and pretty much just keeping the entire body slightly engaged. I don't want you to squeeze everything as hard as you can because that is going to put focus away from balance. And you're probably going to get so tired that you're not able to balance. But play around with a small amount of body tension and see how that works. The third tip is to always use a small amount of pressure from the fingers. So in a handstand, we're constantly falling forwards and backwards. What keeps you from falling is that the fingers act as brakes and they constantly keep you from falling over. These are small micro-corrections that constantly happen as we're balancing. If you want to become more consistent and to limit the variables, you want to try to keep the weight in the hand as consistent as possible. So what that means is that you want to try and avoid moving the weight forwards and backwards in the hands. And you can feel in a handstand where you have a majority of the weight. Usually you can feel it either in the palm of the hand, in the center of the hand, or in the fingers. So what we're looking for is to keep the weight in the center of the hand. So the middle point between the middle finger and the palm of the hand. And you want to have a small amount of pressure in the fingers just to keep yourself from falling over. And the reason why we want to have weight in the fingers or why we want to have some pressure in the fingers is because falling forwards is much easier than falling backwards. So you can quite easily test this by just standing up. And if you lean forwards and you start to fall forward, you can easily push with the toes to keep yourself from falling. But if you do the same thing, but in the opposite direction, you can't push with the heel. So that's not going to be an option for remaining in balance. So what you're going to have to do instead is you're going to have to move some part of the body to keep yourself in balance. By moving more, like we said earlier, it's going to be more movement, so it's going to cost you more energy. And it's also easier for you to fall out of balance because you're moving more. So focus on keeping the weight in the center of the hand. Always have a small amount of pressure in the fingers and try to avoid falling into underbalance. All right, so those are some tips for how you can limit the variables in the handstand once you are actually in balance. Now you can apply this for both when you're practicing balance against the wall, or if you're just holding other strength exercises, just as well as you can in balance freestanding. So the principles are universal, and some of them are more appropriate for beginners than others, but they are just different concepts that you can play around with to make yourself more consistent by limiting the variables. All right, so let's move into some of my thoughts on the kick-up and how you can make it more consistent, once again, by limiting the variables. So the first tip I have is that you want to use the same surface when you practice. So that means that you want to have the same type of surface and preferably the same type of floor every time that you practice. So different floors are going to give you a different response to your balance. 
So we can generally think of it from hard to soft. So a soft floor is something that we want to avoid because a soft floor is not going to be as responsive as hard floor. Like if you're practicing on a yoga mat or on gymnastics floor, due to the softness of the floor and that your fingers can actually sink into it, you're not going to get instant response from the floor, which is going to delay the reactions for your balance. As you can imagine, when the floor is soft, you are also going to be moving more because your hand can actually move on the surface. So a soft floor is not recommended because it's going to make it harder to balance. You're not going to learn the reactions that you need on a hard floor. And it can also be a bit more demanding on the wrist. So some people can get bit more sore to when they're doing it on soft floor. So you want to try to stick to hard floor. And if you can, try to use the same type of floor and keep it as hard as possible because that is going to make it more consistent with the reactions so that you're always using the same type of reactions for your balance. So I'm not sure how many people out there are playing games or gamers, but a good metaphor to think about how this works that applies to gaming is that by using a soft floor and use, not using a consistent hard floor is that you're getting a lag in your balance. So when you need to push into the floor to keep yourself uh, up and avoid falling, it could be too late because you weren't able to react quickly enough due to the lag between the floor and your hand. So if you are really focused on making balance as easy and consistent as possible, I would highly recommend that you stick to hard floor and avoid the soft floor. All right, so the second tip is that you want to use the same hand position. So there isn't one specific hand position that is better than everyone else. If you look at most of the best hand balancers in the world, they all use different hand positions and they can also use different hand positions because it's not going to be one of the most important things that you can think about. So what I recommend is, first of all, just find your own preference. So everyone is going to have a different preference. My own personal preference is that I like to keep the either the middle finger or the index finger pointing forward. So with the middle finger pointing forward, you're going to have more straight positioning in the hand. So that is going to allow you to apply more pressure with the hands. Having the index finger pointing forward is going to be a bit easier on the wrist if you lack wrist extension or if you're tired. But you're not going to be able to use all of the fingers as effectively as you can for balance. I also like to have a small bend in the fingers because I feel like this allows me to apply more pressure into the ground, which is what balance is all about. So when choosing a position, the key thing is just that you want to choose a, a hand position that you like and that you feel like it allows you to apply a lot of pressure into the ground so you can actually stay in balance. My third tip is that you choose one kick-up variation and stick to it in the beginning. 
So some people like to vary their kickup variations a bit too much. Some days they do split kickup, sometimes they do tuck-ups, and sometimes they do straddle-ups, and they just use a wide variety of different kickups. But since each kickup is going to be different and it's going to have a different center of mass, they are not going to be as consistent and so you won't be able to use them as effectively to actually make your kickups more consistent. And each one is going to feel different and you're not going to feel how they actually transfer to one another. Now there's nothing wrong with doing different types of kickups and it's some, something that I actually recommend for many of my students. But this is more in the later stages of their practice. Once they become a bit more consistent with their kickups, they can find balance pretty consistently. Then it's a good way to become more well-rounded. In the later stages, you're actually going to get better at balancing by doing different things. So it all just has a, a time and a place. The fourth tip, and this is pretty useful most for most of you, and that is that you want to stick to the split leg position in your kickups. So a common thing that I see with people learning the handstand is that they kick up with the split leg position. So basically the legs are like in a front split. And as soon as they get close to balance, they pull the feet together and then they instantly fall over. So the reason why you fall over so quickly when you do this is because as you pull the legs together, you're going to increase the height of your center of mass. So your center of gravity is going to get higher. And that is going to make balance harder. And you also don't have two different legs to balance with since they're pulled together. So you want to try and stick with keeping the legs in a split as you're learning the handstand. So it's useful for two different reasons. First one, like I mentioned, center of mass is going to be lower. So balance is easier because you're more balanced. The second reason is that you can actually use the legs to balance. So you won't just have to use your hands you can actually use the legs as a tool to make it easier for you to stay in balance so when you're practicing the kickups in the beginning try to always start in a split leg position and end in a split leg position once you get more advanced this is also going to be how we actually find balance before we transition into the full position with the feet together so even if you're more advanced, you always want to try and stick to finding balance for about two seconds in the split leg position before you actually gather the feet into the full hold. Okay, so tip number five, and this is going to be the last one, is and it's going to be connected to the last one, and that is that you want to keep the legs active and you want to keep the legs straight. But the concept is quite simple. Everything that is not straight is bent and the problem with bent in a handstand is that you can bend to varying degrees so you can bend the knees differently and with each knee bend or the degree of knee bend its relationship to your balance is going to change by bending the knees differently you're always going to have to adjust to this positioning and it's not going to be the same as the previous one so you're always having to adjust to a new positioning Instead of just having the, the legs straight and the knees locked, everything's going to be the same. And that is one variable that you won't have to solve in your handstand and in every single kickup.
Another thing that can also help with the legs to become more consistent and to reduce the variables is to always pull the front leg down a little bit towards the body to avoid the leg flying over, which is going to make it easier for you to fall. So the front leg is going to be the leg that is closest to your hands as you kick up. So it's going to be the leg that is on the front side of your body. And by actively pulling this down into hip flexion, you're going to make it easier to keep that leg from going over. And if that leg were to go over, that would also tilt the hips forward. So it would put an enormous amount of weight forward in a very short period of time. So that is something that is quite hard to rebalance. And that is where a lot of people fall over. Alright, so those are some of my tips on how you can limit the variables in your handstand to make it more consistent. And like you've heard, there are so many different things that you can think about and you're not going to be able to think about all of them. It's just going to be an enormous catastrophe. So instead, what you want to do is you want to pick and choose, preferably one, max two, things to think about and Work on that continuously until that cue or habit becomes automatic. Once you have developed the habit of, let's say, keeping your arms straight, you can then move on to the next one. When you're choosing the cue or the technique that you want to think about, the key thing is that you always want to choose the one that is going to give you the most bang for the buck. So different cues are going to give different results and not all cues are given equally so they all have a different effect and they're not all equally important for example if you were to be able to think about either keeping the arms straight or pointing your toes i really hope that you're always going to choose to keep your arms straight because that's going to have a much greater effect than pointing your toes and in general i like to think of it as working from the bottom up so the further down the chain the cue is, the more important it is. So hands, elbows, shoulders are generally much more important than feet, knees, legs, because the hands are going to be responsible for keeping us in balance, and the shoulders are going to be the platform that makes it easy to balance. The legs, however, are often not as important. It can be useful to keep them straight, keep them engaged, just to keep them from messing up your balance. But they're not actually going to be doing much to actually keep you in balance. So most of the time, I would rather that you put your focus on your upper body than your lower body, especially in the beginning. Once you get more proficient with your handstand, you can then start to focus on some of these smaller details like pointing the toes, making everything pretty and all that. I hope you found some of these, this stuff helpful and that you're going to be able to apply it to your training. Find one or two things that really clicked with you in this episode and apply it. So writing everything down and not doing anything with it is not going to help your hands get better. So just choose one or two concepts, apply them, Work on them until they are automatic and subconscious and then move on to the next thing. Like always, I'm grateful for you listening to the podcast. This is the third episode and I feel like I really like this format for creating content. 
and I hope you are enjoying listening to them as well. And if you have any suggestions on topics or if there's something specific that you would like me to do an episode on, then please send me a message on Instagram. You'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. And if you want some more information on coaching programs, I have links to all of that as well. So thank you again for tuning in to In The Movement with Sid Paulson. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on limiting the variables for increased handstand consistency. And please leave a review and let me know what you thought of the episode. And stick around for next Monday for the next episode.